Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And once again, we've got a guest with us. This is part two with Kosti Hinn. Um, in the first part, he shared a little bit of his background. He was nephew to Benny Hinn, a name that many people recognize. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, what we want to focus on is his new book, More Than a Healer. Not the Jesus you want, but the Jesus you need. Um, and it's just an incredible practical resource. We, we ended the last episode just kind of talking about this need for a Jesus awakening with the huge amounts of tension, the conflict within and outside the church, just everything in upheaval. And and people want relief, um, but what they need is Jesus. And so, um, Kosti, welcome to the podcast. Uh, One of my first questions is, you go through not only Jesus as a healer, but many things, Jesus as our hope, our comfort, Jesus as sovereign, Jesus as good. I wondered, were there any particular chapters or sections that were your favorites and, and why that was? So that is a good question. I, <laughs> hmm. okay. So the, he is good. was really fun. I like charts, I'm kind of a nerd. So I made this <laughs> chart and I wanted to highlight the people that went through something just in case we ever think, you know, I'm the only one who went through this or no one ever has had it like we're going through, you know, we've all been there at different points and self-pity yep. and just kind of, so the people or the person and then the pain, I wanted to highlight the, the pain and then what it produced or the purpose. And that was a really fun chapter because people who think like we talked about briefly at the end of the last episode, um, you know, God is good when things are good. And then man, God, where are you when things aren't good? They yeah. need visuals. I need visuals. Mm-hmm. I need help. So that chart was really fun to create and show people, okay, this is what Peter went through. This is what, so I won't give them all away. This is what so-and-so went through. And then this is the pain they endured and what it produced. This was the purpose in it. Here's what God did through that for anyone who ever says, you know, oh, how in the world could God ever bring something good out of this? Or, you know, people will say Romans 8, 28, for God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And they're thinking, well, this isn't good at all. God's definition of good will differ from ours at times and potentially more often yes. than we ever imagined. <laughs> yes. so ours is more a... like comfortable, right? Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so that was a fun chapter. It was a fun one. Okay, cool. Um, was there any chapter that was particularly hard that you struggled with putting together or that maybe you even struggled with personally um, owning? Because there's just some good practical insight yeah. and resource it just shows a lot of reflection and you're very candid about even some of your own stories so yeah there was there was two in particular so one chapter so the chapter he is hope i broke down five hope breakers and then hope so hope breakers and hope builders yes and it was i'll be honest with you it was hard to to boil those breakers down into categories that would cover enough of what people get broken down by in the mm-hmm. end i i was happy with it i feel like we covered what we needed um there and I'm always asking my wife about stuff and sending her chapters that I write <laughs> saying like, Hey, what are your thoughts here? And you might say like, Oh, you need more of this or that. This part was confusing. So she's a really neat in-home editor. And, um, and then the hope builders, that was hard not to 
you know, list out like 50 things because they're all the things that build up our hope. And yeah, so that was fun and challenging to think of creatively, but then um, probably a chapter that personally, I just need to get honest about some things was, you know, with he is peace and, and he's, he's our comfort and those kind of things and where you find that comfort and that peace. Um, I brought up my own leanings and comfort food. And so we all go to yes. something. So <laughs> I, I, decided, oh. I decided to tweet one day. And I thought, I'm going to do this for the book. So I tweeted out, you know, what's your go-to? And so I had, I forget what all of them were, but I had on there venting. Um, I'm pretty sure prayer, uh, comfort had, food. Yeah, you had retail, there? retail therapy. Yes, retail therapy, shopping. Because yes. that's mine. So I was like, oh gosh, nailed. <laughs> <laughs> retail therapy, comfort food, venting, which is basically complaining to people. Um, and so the, <laughs> the, the bars begin to grow, you know, with those votes on Twitter. And, right. You know, you had some pretty dominant ones. Well, I was, I'm a comfort food guy. And when I'm stressed, I, I may not, you know, yell and scream. And I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I don't cuss and I'm like not flying off the handle and anything like that. And I'm just like, do, 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 kind of go through my day and stay busy. And, but it comes out when, you know, I go into the freezer and I'm looking and I'm like, she better have some in here. I hope she didn't eat it or take it or not. <laughs> Did she hide it again? What did she do with it? Where is it? No, my wife's gone to bed and I'm looking for a, you know, a tub of ice cream or, you know, <laughs> chips, chips are my thing. Yeah. And I want that salty, savory, you know, sweet security blanket of mm. fatty goodness to tell me it's okay. Yeah. You know, I want to crunch, I want to crunch my stress down into a grinded <laughs> little sand and then swallow it. And, and have it taste healthy. good besides. Totally. I mean, that. <laughs> And okay. that was convicting and it was humbling. And it was a reminder that even as a pastor, I am human. I'm not perfect. I'm progressing, but I, I need the Lord's help and I need to be honest and identify and then call them out and write about them. So the whole world can see, I mean, to talk about confessing your sin, yeah. <laughs> I'm going, there it is. I do that first. And so the, the fun right. challenge is turn to prayer, turn to Christ, turn off complaining. You, know, you don't get have a little fun and have your dessert night, but the comfort food is not my hope or my peace. He is right. And those are really fun chapters to write, but yeah. hard. <laughs> yes. Well, and like I say, I, I felt convicted because I went, oh yeah. Cause I'm, when I'm stressed or if I've had a bad day and I get sent out to do some shopping clearance sales, I'm looking for those bright orange clearance signs. Cause I can find something that I want for 70% off. That is like yes. life works, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> My, retail um, therapy. So I, I noticed I was in kind of a minority in terms of your chart on that one, but I just thought, wow. That, I mean, that's it. So while we're doing true confession here, Lynn, do you have a, do you have a comfort go-to that you're oh, willing to share? <laughs> oh, it's definitely food. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. M&Ms and chips, probably <laughs> salty and so, sweet. But anyway, but the point is we all live there to some degree. And here's oh, the no. thing. Grace covers that. That is not something that distance us, distances us from God unless we let it, but it's something that God says, Hey, invite me into that. Be aware. And so, um, for the last two or three years, um, I, I like to give up something for Lent. What I've given up for Lent are clearance signs. I won't even look at them. And so it's like, that's what I, you know, that's what I passed. And it lets me know, the struggle lets me know, okay, this really is, uh, this really is an issue. It really is. Mm. So anyway, I, so I appreciated the candidness and um, I want to go back to hope for just a second. Yeah. Though, before I do that, it looked like Lynn had something she wanted to comment. So I want to let her do that if she wants no, to. I was just going to say that before I found Jesus, I had a lot more of that kind of anxiety, right? And my brain never stopped. I couldn't sleep at night. 
But boy, yeah. once Christ came into my life, I had so much more peace. And when I went to those times of anxiety, I was much more aware of them, I think, and more able to step away from them because I had the Lord as my comfort blanket now. And and even if you've got the cancer or my husband just had hip replacement surgery, you've got Jesus and you have his peace. And so you don't see those things like you used to. It's not God's mad at you. He's like me. No. But it's, it's um, oh man, let's see what God's got in this for us, right? Even if it's hard and usually when it's the most hard yes. is when you're going to learn about it yep. the most and um, turn to him the most <laughs> desperately. Yeah. And that's, I appreciated, Costi, your focus on the fact that there is a purpose in pain. Are we willing to look past the pain beyond it to try and see what the purpose is? Because I think God loves revealing himself. And I think he joys in revealing himself in new ways during those difficult circumstances, during those pain times. But we need to be open and we need to have the kind of relationship that says, okay, God, I know you're good. I don't understand this. I don't want this. I would have never asked for this, but here I am. So show me yourself now. Let me know more of you. But so just cultivating that. Yeah. So one of the similarities with Mormonism, right, was I believed if anything bad happened to me that I had not pleased God. I had not done my part to please God. Um, and it was all about me and my works, right? So, Kosti, I want to ask you, because in the, I'm pretty sure it was in the Hope chapter, I'm going to take a quick look at my notes here, but you made this statement. You said, some people prefer to hold on to sins and weights like bitterness, unforgiveness, addictions, or even hatred, because these help us falsely justify our anger and hopelessness. Mm. They help us play the victim rather than the victor. <laughs> and what I wanted to ask is, so in your experience, what is it that would incentivize a person to stay there rather than enter into the incredible victory that's available? Because I, I mean, I read that and I went, oh, my heart, I know somebody who this fits. Yeah, I, the feeling is it's deep and it's emotional and it's justifiable because the flesh is loving being fed. It's pride, it's anger, it's bitterness, it's backbiting and lashing out. It's giving in to the desire to explode and then justifying it saying, see, I'm right. They, they did this and they deserve it. So if we were to get really honest, we would have to face our own sin. We would have to face the ugliness of our own heart. Yeah. We would have to, we would have to let go. You know, some people don't want to let go. And, and you think of this, what are, what are some of the favorite movies? Maybe people don't think these movies are great, but I, I find my flesh, meaning my craving for self-satisfaction and self-pity and self-indulgence loves movies about revenge. <laughs> I, Huge theme. One of my favorite movies used to be The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. That movie, because there's injustice, and then he rots away in the prison. Then he gets out and he gets them all back. And it feels good. You know, gladiator and other, he's going to avenge everything. And it's over and over and over again. Why do people love movies about revenge? Because it fuels our passion for justice. And I feel most justified when I am taking matters into my own hands. Well, what if you can't? What if you can't fix it? What if you can't deal with it? Well, 
you get angry, you lash out, you have bitterness, you have aggression. And at the very least in that moment, you feel like you're doing something about it. Yeah. But if we get really honest, we realize we're, we're just sinning. We're just holding <laughs> at the end on. Of the day. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're drinking, you know, someone said before, um, bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You know, it just eats, eats away at ourselves and our heart. And so, um, that was again, my best effort to share things I've gone through and challenges. Even when you come out of a false gospel, like I did, and you're, you're really frustrated. How can these people get away with this? Why are they able to blind so many people? You know, why are these people following this crazy stuff in the first place? You start getting mm-hmm. really upset. I've wasted so much of my life on that. And these people and the, all my money that I gave and all that, and you mm-hmm. could go on and on mm-hmm. and on, yeah. or you could set forward in grace, his grace, the Lord's grace covers that. And you could start focusing on forgiveness and forward progress, being part of the solution, not just dwelling on a problem, but man, who doesn't love a good pity party and inviting everybody to it? I, that, that's yeah. where I'm the, I'm the victim. Please feel bad for me and validate me because then I feel better about myself. That's really yeah. what it is. And so I, that was a section where I wanted both myself and all of us, we could face it together. We could watch the Lord do some pretty incredible things in our hearts. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it again, the candidness and your willingness to, um, to go there and talk about that. Um, so like I said, your chapter on comfort was very convicting to me. And one of the things that I was struck by, and I feel like probably a, a lot of us that are in even Christian ministry and leadership may struggle with, and it's this whole idea of um, agendas, phones, the idea of phone first. In other words, from the moment I wake up, the first thing that I pick up, well, usually because it's my alarm that's going off, but even yeah. once I stumble out of bed, sometimes even before, you know, I'm totally ready for the day, I'm into the phone, you know, email, accounts, feedback. What did somebody say to the last thing I just posted on Facebook or to Instagram? And this whole idea that instead of phone first, let's do Jesus first. So he gets to inform all that stuff rather than, because I think that's one of the things you talked about was how, if you go into that, all of a sudden that now begins informing your relationship with Jesus instead of the other way around. Yep. And I struggle with that. I thought about it this morning before the interview and I was like, I want to pick up my phone. I want to see what's going on. It's like, no, 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 no. You're talking to Costi today. You're interviewing about this thing. The first thing you're going to look at on your phone is your Bible app. I think most of us would agree that's a really good thing to do. How do we get there? Did you develop any practical steps? What did you do to start having that be something that happened maybe four times out of seven instead of just one or two out of seven yeah. or, or maybe more. So. Yep. First thing I did was tell my wife because there's nothing better than having some accountability, accountability. inside your home and, yeah. and in the bed. So um, the second thing I did is I, and, and I'm not being funny here. You, you just, so you roll out of bed and you, you literally hit the knees and you're half asleep and you're like, I don't know what's happening right now. And I'm trying to wake up and you're, you know, maybe you're stretching on the floor who knows, but you hit the knees and you go to prayer and certain things I'd pray for right away and put my heart before the Lord and spend some time with him in that moment. And I, I'm an alarm guy on the phone too. It's going off. So just, I hit it. It's off. I don't turn it open. It's on either airplane mode or do not disturb, or it's just, I don't look at if there's text messages already, which usually there are or whatnot, you just leave it alone. And the Lord is first in that sense. When, you know, you move on with the rest of your morning, the challenge then is, okay, what happened on the news? What, you know, do I, I need to check what the day is going to look like. There's all of these, I'm going to call them lies because they are, okay. um, 
Mm-hmm. You you better check your email or you're not going to know what the day's going to look like. I mean, you you should check it first because <laughs> then, then your quiet time will be that much better, especially if there's nothing crazy going on. Then you can really enjoy your time with the Lord. Well, no, because that's your email's way of getting in your head. And yep. what if it's what if it's bad? Is that going to ruin your time with the Lord? What if the, your stress levels through the roof? Um, you know, we say, well, I just need to check the news because there was crazy stuff going on last night. We need to make sure you know, everything's okay. And, and it, 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 there's so many things that it's like the, the principle right now with our church plant, people are like, how's it going? And there's some things that are steaming along and it's exploding and it's great. There's so many other things. It's hurry up and wait. It's hurry up and wait. Like we got to go. We got to go. No, we don't. We could just pray mm-hmm. and think and meet with people. It's that way with the mornings. Oh, you better check this. Oh, you, what, what, what about this? Well, what about that? What about this? No, you, you just go pray, shut off the world. It's so one, there was one thing that Martin Luther said once years back, you know, old, old days, reformation era. He said, I have so much to do today. I'll have to pray for three hours to get it all done. Yeah. That's great quote. That's the perspective. So I started telling myself that quote a lot. And that was one of those, it's slow and incremental progress, but um, yeah, my wife was instrumental. And so was just going to prayer right away. Okay. So from Mormonism, the idea of having a time from God is not anything we were familiar with. So can you be really specific about what you do in that time? What it looks yeah. like? Oh totally. yeah, that'd be very That's helpful. a great question. So my time with the Lord is about a relationship. I have a relationship with the God of the universe, with Jesus Christ, his son, and with the Holy Spirit who's inside of me. And so I wake up and I don't care about anything going on in this world. I want to talk to Jesus. I want to share my heart with him. I'm told in the Bible to be devoted to prayer. And Jesus modeled praying to even his own father, thy will be done and thy kingdom come. And so I want to pray about God's will and I want to ask the Lord for provision. I want to pray about my family. I want to pray about my heart. I want to have a relationship. And what relationship do any of us exist in, in which you just kind of go on with your day and you ignore the person that'll get you divorced. <laughs> Certainly yeah. isn't going to help you thrive. So I believe God has spoken to me. He's given me his word through the Bible and I respond to him and I talk to him in prayer. And so I want to have a relationship with him. And then also in order to, to hear from God, I believe his word has been given. It's divine prophecy. It is his breathed out word to me. And to be honest, even a, a Mormon listening right now, who's an active Mormon may even think like, okay, I, I get on board with some of that. Like I believe the book of Mormon or the Bible is, is from God. It's, it's inspired. It's revelation. So, well, if I believe that about the Bible alone and not necessarily the book of Mormon, Either way, I'm going to read the Bible and I want to hear from God. I'm going to meditate on it. I want to think about it. How does this impact the way I'm going to live today? How does it impact my wife, my family, my children? Am I just going to go to work and go through the motions? What if I get angry? What if I experience feelings of pride or greed? What if my priorities are out of whack? And that's why my home is chaotic. And that's why my life has no purpose. Might I ought to hear from God? I should read. So it's about centering myself on Christ my Lord and Savior, the one that I follow, and the creator and Lord of my soul. So that's what a quiet time or time with the Lord looks like. I don't want another tweet. I don't want, you know, Ben Shapiro invading my morning with whatever he's come (laughs) up with today. And I don't want CNN and Fox News being the first voice in my head. I want God's word to penetrate my life first to set the tone. Yeah. So within Mormonism, because you literally have 12 apostles and you have a prophet, there's a whole priesthood hierarchy, almost a multi-level marketing thing Mm. where you get your answers from your priesthood. So this idea of going directly to God 
can be huge for Mormons, right? They don't know that God tore the veil when Jesus died on the cross and that we would have direct access to God who came to earth, right? That we might yeah. be saved. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That is one of the big struggles that I find when I dialogue with people, whether it's people that are involved in Mormonism, because I live here in the Valley in Arizona, there's a good number of them, or when you talk to people that are in Roman Catholicism or any other uh, you know, performance-based religion, works-based religion, where you just got to do all this stuff to get whatever. There's so often a middleman. And mm-hmm. in, in yeah. Christianity, evangelical Christianity, we have pastors, we have those who proclaim God's word, but I would look at them more as heralds, those who proclaim truth and they challenge us and they make us think, but they're, they're not my middleman. The, the Bible says there's only one mediator, Jesus Christ. He's the mediator. Yeah. He's the one between God the Father and me, not a pastor, not a priest, not a bishop, not a, you know, whoever, apostle. So the beauty about evangelical Christianity is God's given us his word, and we want people to access it. And here's the probably the biggest thing in all of this is if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been given the Holy Spirit. Yes. So the Holy Spirit's inside of you. I have a teacher. I have God in me. That doesn't make me God, but it makes me able to commune with God and be led by God and live my life for God. So that's powerful. I don't, I don't want to hear from so much of my, you know, my middleman mediator to tell me my revelation. I have God inside of me. So why don't I open up the word and let the Holy Spirit work through that and what the Bible teaches, renew my mind and transform my life. And now I'm changing. My marriage is changing. Why? Because my middleman apostle told me something. No, I could have read that in a book from Barnes and Noble. I got God changing my life through Mm. scripture, which is supernatural. I don't need natural solutions from man. I need supernatural solutions from God. So that's what quiet time with the Lord, no distractions is all about. And And once you commit your life to Jesus, that Holy Spirit never leaves you or forsakes you and yet mormons believe when you sin the holy ghost leaves you if you go into a bar leaves you if there's sin around you it's going to leave you yeah and we have we have that constant access to god because we have his spirit providing the access Mm. and i think the other thing that's so different is within historic biblical christianity there is no spiritual hierarchy other than christ in other words Mm no matter what your calling is, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a leader, and even during the apostolic age, nobody because of their rank had more of the Holy Spirit than any other believer. Mm-mm. Every believer gets the Holy Spirit in the same measure. And obviously the sensitivity we develop to that, how well we listen, um, how much we obey, um, that all can affect. But that's why we don't need a middleman because right. The Holy Spirit's equally given to all. We have the same access. It's why we get to come boldly before the throne. We get to come to God with so many of these things that you talk about in your book, the life disruptors, the hope breakers. We can take those directly to God and know that God is going to speak directly through to us through his word, through his spirit, through his people. Um, but it always goes back up the chain to the word. So. And um, this is something I've encouraged, especially leaders in Latin America and Africa and in the process of teaching is to say, we do need all three. We need the word, we need the word of God, we need the spirit of God, we need the people of God. But anything I hear from the people of God, I'm gonna channel back up through the spirit of God and the word of God. And anything I think I heard from the spirit of God, 
I'm going to run through the Word of God to make sure it's consistent with the Word of God because we hear lots of stuff in our head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and unless we're channeling that back through objective truth, um, we're all equally susceptible to getting messed up. Oh man, here we are at time again. Costi, oh, thank you. Any any final words? Um, anything we didn't ask you that we should have? Anything that anybody... <laughs> is there any question you wish you'd be asked by by people that you don't get asked? No, you guys, you guys covered it well. My heart will just be for those listening to find their hope and their peace, their comfort, their strength in, in Jesus and Him alone, and that they would enjoy the relationship with Him and be freed from so many mm -hmm. burdens and feeling that they're never worthy and never good enough and will never measure up. Well, join the club. That's why we need yeah, Him. Exactly. He's the one who measures up. He's the one who covers us. He's the one who gets us there and carries us there and finishes the work that he began. So that's my heart. That's my hope for people. Fantastic. Where can people find you? If people want to connect with more of your writings, find your books, yeah. what's the best yeah, way for them to do that? We'll put that in the show notes. So, Okay, yeah, we have a, a online resourcing ministry called For the Gospel, and it's okay. www.forthegospel.org. We have a YouTube channel. We're on Instagram. We're even on TikTok. We're putting videos on there that we've seen the Lord okay, use. Cool. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. So we do articles, videos, resourcing, curriculum, series, all pretty much free for churches and people to use and access. And then I have a weekly podcast every Monday called the For the Gospel podcast. And then oh, cool. um, I'm on social media if people want to connect there. And then we've got a church plant that's happening in Chandler, Arizona. So that's the best yeah. way. And then Am Amazon has all the books. All right. Fantastic. Thank and you, Costi. Praying many former Mormons come your way. Praise God. Let it be. Yeah. And may we not turn to another man for salvation, but to Amen. the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you, friends. Until next time. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We have an exciting announcement. Michael Wilder's new book, Passport to Heaven, is out, and for a donation of $20 or more to the podcast, we'll send it to you. It's the true story of a zealous Mormon missionary who discovers the Jesus he never knew. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the Micah's Book button to get yours. We appreciate your support of the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. <laughs>